production of GopherPuckLive.com. Now, let's join Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast. We're back for another week of torture. Hopefully this week we will not have any type of smoke detectors going off, but there's no guarantee. But at least my daughter's not cooking this week, which was the problem last week. But uh, Yeah, but wasn't the listenership uh, up last yeah, week? Listenership was up. They must have loved that, uh, that god-awful piercing sound, which was, oh, that was good stuff, wasn't it? Well, we've got a guest this week, and we've never had him on before, but I know uh, Vigo and I see him all the time at Mariucci, and you probably see his writing at SB Nation for college hockey, uh, Nate Wells. You might know him on Twitter as Gopher State. Nate, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, long-time listener, first-time guest. <laughs> long-time <laughs> listener, first-time caller. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us. I know you know you you've been at Mariucci for what three or four years now, covering the Gopher hockey team. Yeah, I think three full years, part of a fourth. At the yeah. very very least, the guys who are seniors now are freshmen. So, so so they're, they're all successes because of you, then, isn't it? Apparently, no. The first the first couple of games though, I had three losses in a row, and it was two of them were the uh, Anchorage playoff losses. So, Ooh. start off as a jinx, but that's not good. Getting that's things not going. Good. Yeah. Well. I'm glad we have you aboard this week, and we'll just have you as part of our regular conversation here. But let's start off with Hammy. Hammy, a 3-2 overtime win over Michigan, and then a 6-2 drubbing by Michigan. You were a little boisterous on Twitter, as I was, for 6-2, but let's start with 3-2 overtime victory. Rao with the big goal to clinch the regular season title in the Big Ten. Yeah, it was kind of your typical tight road game that you have at the end of the season on Michigan being pretty desperate to uh, keep their NCAA hopes alive. So you kind of had to expect that they were going to be, you know, ready to go. And, um, you know, the weekend kind of turned out the way I expected. I think I said last week, I didn't think Wisconsin was going to sweep on the road and they didn't. And, um, you know, obviously the Gophers just had to get a couple points in order to clinch. So all in all, it was pretty much what I expected. I won't even touch saturday but whatever <laughs> you had a problem with saturday what, what's the deal <laughs> ah, just putting it behind us i know. know i know you and i were both going on on twitter about it but let's get vigo's thoughts on the weekend no it was a good win i think uh, friday night showed that this year's team as they've done all season can win those tight games you know they they fell behind they found a way to battle back and Rao with the big goal. Uh, Wilcox's goaltending has just been the difference this year. He uh, he won that Player of the Year award for defensive uh, player, and he deserves it. I mean, this is definitely the difference between this year's Gopher team and and a lot of the ones in the past. And I think coming down the stretch run here in the playoffs and the NCAA's, he's going to be a huge part of that. Well, Wilcox was the Player of the Year in the Big Ten, the goaltender of the year in the Big Ten, so it's definitely a big year from him. What are your thoughts on this weekend, Nate? Uh, I thought we had some good, some bad. Um, I'm going to agree with you guys with Wilcox. Uh, for the longest time, kind of just been uh, dismissing him as an elite goaltender just because of how few shots he has. But just as the year goes on, he's just more and more consistent to the point where you see him do well and you just you take it for granted. Uh, 
Friday night was great. Uh, Gophers struggled a little bit early on. Thought the ice was a little chippy at Yost. But they came back, and you had the uh, Rao goal in OT, which I don't know how many times I've seen him do that goal. It, does, it doesn't look easy. It never does, but he makes it look that way. Uh, Saturday, just ugly. First period looked good. <laughs> um, I, I I watched the Saturday game after the fact, so I kind of knew what was going on and what I was in store for after uh, covering the women. And watching the first period, I was like, okay, this isn't too bad. You know, they're kind of hanging in there. Second period, oh, you saw a Michigan team that was just really uh, desperate. They knew they had to win to have any chance in that large bid. And they came out and showed that way, and Minnesota just played like a team that was still hungover from winning. Well, I mean, the one thing with that, though, is they did come out and play probably the first 21 minutes or whatever pretty hard. And, you know, a couple of bounces didn't go their way. And then all of a sudden they're in position to make plays and they just don't follow through. And I'm not sure, you know, I know we've talked about this on Twitter a little bit, but I'm not sure what Lucia could have done differently. I mean, I might have played Michelson and uh, Ryan Riley just to get guys in the lineup who, you know, would have something to prove. Because the other guys, you know, they're probably not going to go all out on every play to finish out. There's nothing at stake. Did Lucia set the team up for failure on purpose Saturday night? Any of you? I don't think any did anything on purpose in terms of a negative. But, you know, my feeling, I mean, I made it clear, I'm a big believer in momentum going into the postseason. I'm not saying that one loss. I mean, we saw Yale last year lose two games right before the NCAA. So I'm not saying that there's any one right way of doing things. It's just my feeling and how I like to, the teams that I follow and the, the, the teams that I've been on, whatever, I just like to stay aggressive. That's just my mentality. I understand they're trying to get guys rest and, you know, have Wilcox be fresh and warning maybe healed up more. Although I don't know what one night is necessarily going to do. I mean, honestly, for me, if they need that much rest, then give them a practice off. I'd rather see them play than you know than anything else but anyways that's my feeling on it i there's more than one way to do it and it doesn't mean that my way is the right way but that's how i feel who else has thoughts well, on that go v. Well, i just think if i just think if downing takes a shot and a run at warning and injures his upper body you know we're thinking a different tune or if you know guys start running wilcox in the crease you know it's kind of a different mentality coming out of that game you know i i wouldn't have been Upset to see more of those guys get in the lineup. I think if it had been at Mariucci, they probably would have had everybody with them. I'm not even sure if those guys traveled for the game. Um, so maybe that wasn't even an option. And, you know, there's a school of thought that says, you know, if you do have injuries, you want to have look at lines like, you know, Connor Riley with Rao and Fashing. And it's better to do that in a game and see how it looks than have to do it you know, because of an injury in a playoff game. And Connor Riley's played really well the last couple of weeks. I think he's found his game. Um, I think he's found his, his scoring touch, and I thought it was worth a shot to see how they gelled together. Okay, but my counter to that, though, is you know in that game that that team is not going to be mentally, you know, I mean, we kind of knew it was going to be a letdown, okay? I think we all kind of knew that. So I can kind of forgive all the lineup changes. But so you're not, to me, going to see exactly what you might get under our normal circumstances with that kind of line tinkering that you might get like a few weeks ago when there was something to really play for. So, I mean, I, I, I see both sides of it. I see what you're saying, but 
I'm not sure that you necessarily get a complete feel for how that line would do under injury circumstances when things are really counting. I think the real question is, Nate, why did you bother watching that game when I told you not to via Twitter? Well, I figured you'd have me on. And I have to talk about it, so <laughs> I have to. Pop quiz. Plus, I'm a Minnesota sports fan, so I'm a sucker for uh, for that. But I don't know. I didn't really have an issue with uh, most with most of the uh, with most of the changes. I think it was a good uh, move to have Shabrowski uh, get the nod, uh, be senior, get a one on the road. I'm he's played fine in his starts. Um, I was actually a little shocked that Warning played on Friday. Uh, didn't sound like he was practicing much uh, in, through the week up until uh, going up to uh, Michigan. And I guess, like Vigo said, like a guy like Connor Riley's been playing well. You might as well see how he plays up on the top six and give him that chance. Uh, he was on the second line for parts of earlier uh, this year when uh, Camerata was out. But I don't know. I just think as a whole, it just it kind of was more just it's just just as the team as a whole just kind of. The team, the team came flat, and Michigan played a, a team that really just needed that win. It was just well, really you know, the other thing that kind of bothered me, and I know some of it you had to move guys around, but I don't like the idea of tinkering with lines this late in the year. You know, with putting Cami on a line and putting Letary up, you know, I, I believe you just stick with what you've got and, you know, just ride it out. You've had, what, five losses on the year with a pretty – you know, typical lineup. And I saw, I just, I don't know. I don't like tinkering with the lines and whatever. If they did it just because they had to for one game, fine. But I'm hoping that they go back to how things have been next weekend. All right. Sounds good to me, boys. Cause all that matters to me is that we won the first regular season, big 10 championship. And, uh, it, it's a letdown. You know, I wasn't too happy about it, but you know, let's move on. And we, we got, yeah, the- we're kind of, bitching a lot for considering yeah. we won the big yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah, I know, but you know, we you know, the last few years we've kind of seen a few, you know, letdowns late in the season, especially, you know, in the final 5, you know, they all of a sudden they just they just put up a stinker and then, you know, like last year, Yale. Yeah, you know, I kind of wonder if that's part of it where uh we're kind of looking at this a little hard just because we've seen the last few years where uh Minnesota's looked well and played well and then towards the end of the year just kind of uh something's caught up to them or these these hit a stumble or two could be yeah what can you do well nate uh, i know you uh followed a well a pretty damn good team this past weekend you covered the women uh made their way to the frozen four uh you were there at uh ritter this saturday weren't you i was yeah i covered it it was good uh yeah they won five one uh going to their third straight frozen four you know, we haven't talked about them much this year because, well, we only talked about them when they had the perfect record. But yeah. By the <laughs> way, I was also – I covered that game too. So <laughs> you want to say anything about Jinx? And... <laughs> oh, you mean the one they lost? Yeah. Oh, so it is your fault. It Way is. to go. Yeah. Well, they – you know, I looked up – you know, they they tweeted out some stats today. They're 86-1-1 in the last 88 games, which is just ridiculous. And, you know, hopefully they'll get past Wisconsin this weekend and then take home another title because whoever's on the other side, it doesn't matter because uh, only WCHA team, teams win the, the women's uh, championship. So It's uh, it's Clarkson and Mercy are on the other side. But, uh, yeah, basically it's the two. It's not going to matter. Scots are basically like the uh, top end. But, I don't know, 
Pairwise is kind of screwy with an 18 tournament, Minnesota being 36 1 and 1 or 37 1 and 1 or whatever they are. They broke the pairwise last year, so. Yeah. Um, what can you do? But, uh, you know, they'll be playing this, uh, was it Friday and Sunday, I believe. You can uh, follow them on NCAA.org. They, you'll have free video streams if you want to see it. And uh, hopefully the women can come away with a third straight title. Um, we've had some kind of bad news in the Gopher community this uh, kind of past couple weeks. It's been uh, kind of publicized that uh, def- I think he's a defenseman, old Gary Shopek from the mid-'80s is battling cancer pretty badly. And, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to kind of talk about it a little bit because, uh, you know, he took the time a couple of years ago to actually join us at Campus Pizza for a GPL outing to watch a game. He was as friendly as ever, and uh, we, we I started a thread about him on GPL, and sure enough, the guy is sick as a dog, and he comes on there and uh, and says his appreciation for all of us. So we're all thinking about you, Gary, so we know it's a tough time. You can If you want to learn more about Gary and what's going on with him, you can see his CaringBridge site at caringbridge.org slash visit slash Gary Shopek. And, uh, you know, hopefully it gets better for him, but it's not looking good. And you guys have any thoughts on Gary? And you remember him playing? God, it's been so long. I mean, it I has. Like, yeah, it was so young that I. It's, it's a lot of those things are a blur at that time. And plus it was at the old rink. Yep. You know what I mean? So, um yeah, I can't say that I have any specific memories. I mean, even the best players of that era, sometimes it's kind of foggy for me, even though I went to games quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're thinking of you, Gary. We hope you get better. They're actually having a benefit for him on, you know, the same day as the regional final, Saturday, March 29th, at St. Bridget's in Minneapolis, and that's at uh, 3820 Emerson Avenue North. They're going to have it from 4 to 7 p.m. They're going to have an auction and everything, and I just kind of wanted to make sure we talked about it and kind of get the word out about about Gary. So Now, there was a fund, right, being set up uh, yes. through Wells Fargo as well? Yes, there is. I believe you can contact Wells Fargo, and uh, you can, you'd can you have to call them. They don't have any website. You have to call it uh, – not Wells Fargo. It's TCF, I believe. Okay. Well, I knew it was one of them. Yeah, TCF has a fund set up for Gary Shopek if you want to donate to that fund. I I highly recommend it. Um, like I said, he he's actually he's he's very sick and he he's been on GPL a couple times, you know, talking about it. So uh, I mean, he he definitely cares about the Gopher hockey community, and we should sh- show him that we care about him too. So, all right, boys, we've got the Big Ten tournament, the very first Big Ten tournament coming this weekend. We've got another tournament across the you know across town. The NCHC frozen face-off. Who's going to have more attendance, Nate? <laughs> oh, man. I That's that's one of the big questions for this week is, uh, well, one, you got to think that the NCHC is really glad that North Dakota won on Sunday. Oh, we're, while, we're all like, paying attention well, Saturday. It's all like voodoo out and was like, okay, what's the worst attendance oh, we can come up with? Sunday night, we were all watching that, hoping to God they'd lose just to see the NCHC squirm. Oh, like, like, you know, it's bad when the WCHA might have like the best, like local teams in terms of, uh, they got Ferris and Bowling Green, and, uh, uh, Grand Rapids, but they don't, they also lost their sponsor too. Oh, they lost Red Baron? Red Baron or no one's part of it now. So I thought, really? I found that interesting. 
But, uh, but, you know, we were all following that North Dakota game yeah. Sunday night, hoping they'd lose just to screw the NCHC. But the, the facts are that who the hell is going to show up Thursday afternoon and Thursday evening yeah. for the Big Ten tournament? That's that's what I want to see if uh, the fact that everyone's kind of we, – we've all known the format for the Big Ten tournament uh, for over a year and the fact that all six teams are going to mean it. So I kind of wonder if there's going to be travel or not or if they're just banking on uh, fans in the Twin Cities. But if the latter's the case, with Minnesota and Wisconsin having the thighs, uh, that could be ugly. Well, and I think the other thing, I mean – whether we want to agree with it or not, I mean, there's NCAA basketball starts that day. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. March Madness. I mean, it might not be all hockey fans necessarily that are, you know, going to be watching it. But I'm just saying it's just like you're that's a huge distraction. It's almost like a national holiday starting when you got that March Madness going on. So that's probably not going to help matters for that. You know, when you have two games where, uh, you know, the teams aren't exactly drawing them in from the local crowd, there's – you know, it's not like there's a huge contingent of fans from, you know, locally for those teams. So we'll see what happens. Well, even yeah. when we're at the X, it seems like quite a few monitors right above us at the press box have the tournament on during, you know, or at least during the uh, final five over the past few years. So even at the tournaments, they've got the basketball tournament on. Yeah, yeah I can remember that in the concourse. Sometimes when those games, when there isn't a local team playing, you know, if it's Denver and CC on the ice. There's a lot of people in the concourse, you know, watching the basketball. So Thursday will be a tough day. Ugh, I hate it. I just, well, we'll, I haven't, we'll I haven't filled out a bracket in probably over 20 <laughs> years. It just bores the, me to death. I'm, yeah, but it, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, as far as once those initial games go, you know, what the attendance is going to be. To me, the key is going to be, of course, the Friday games, you know, what, what Wisconsin's going to pull in and what the Gophers will pull in and, Certainly, it's going to be important, you know, for the Gophers to make that final game because, um, you know, I think we all know that Wisconsin's not going to draw a huge crowd, so it'll be interesting. I people just better get used to the fact it ain't going to be anything like the old, you know, Final Five. I mean, that's the thing. No matter what league you're talking about, you know, NCHC, Big Ten, or whatever, it's just not going to be the same. So, don't make any comparisons because it's just never going to happen that way again. Yep, I mean we pretty much uh, knew that at the end of last year that uh, it's just we're not, it's never going to be the same again. And you know what? We just have to accept it and move on because that's just the way college hockey is now. Uh, we'll, ha- we're, we'll we can just keep reminiscing about the good old days, but uh, that's how things hey. are going to be. Hey guys, we got a Big Ten title now, so I don't know. <laughs> have to go next to those uh, WCHA Big Ten title, Big Ten title. Yeah, well. Who knows? You know, um, you know. Obviously, we talked about you know, some of the problems that the NCHC having. I mean, their whole tournament is a bunch of nobodies right now. I mean, I mean, they are obviously very glad that North Dakota made it, but my gosh, Duluth and St. Cloud just threw up eggs this past weekend. Uh, that's not a good thing. Well, to me, the St. Cloud result was the big, you know, shocker because I mean, I know that. Miami is, I mean, they've been an underachiever the whole year. Correct. And, and I know they have some talent, you know, of course, but um, to me, yeah, that, was, that was a huge shock. Well. Yeah. And so to me, that was the huge shocker. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't all that surprised about the UMD result. I mean, I, I thought that they would probably win that series, but I'm not shocked by that Western took it to them. So, 
Um, but the St. Cloud one, that was really the shocker of all those results. I'm kind of curious to what the ticket prices must have been because I watched those St. Cloud games on the Fox you know Fox Plus channel, and the yep. place looked very empty. I mean, yep. we've known we've known in too. the past. You know, the WCHA playoff tickets were one of what twenty twenty one dollars, and I realize it's spring break, but uh, it was pretty bad in there. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't the it was student bad for a lot of them. Yeah, the student section the, uh, wasn't good at all, and uh, yeah. and, and like I said, for even even, I I, even the North Dakota games, the North Dakota games. Their upper deck in that last game was a ghost town. So yeah, I don't. I think it's maybe it's just uh, they had those extra. They had the extra buy the tickets because I watched the the Nebraska Omaha Denver series and uh, they went Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and they also got kind of screwed with uh, Creighton playing in the uh, Big East tournament. Okay, but God, there was like twenty people and filled like in the crowd Thursday and Friday, and I didn't catch Saturdays, but I'd kind of be shocked if it was uh, that much more. And yeah, I was a little surprised on uh, Friday and Saturday for both uh, the St. Cloud games. Although I, like you, I watched most of them on uh, the uh, FSM Plus channel, and those were some great endings where uh, Kevin Gravo scored with like 0.1 seconds oh, Friday, yeah. <laughs> sent to OT, and uh, they had uh, Jim Rich and Mark Parrish are doing the uh, play-by-play, and I thought uh, Mark Parrish was gonna like just go nuts. <laughs> you thought he was gonna start crying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is one of those things. And Saturday, it was uh, Miami scored with like two seconds left. Yeah, I have to admit, I was pretty shocked by the the crowd there too. I mean, that's the one. That's one thing I noticed as well. Troop is that uh, I was surprised that it wasn't quite, you know, the packed audience. Considering you know St. Clouds had a pretty good year, they won their league, and you'd think that the fans would want to be out for that. But uh, I was surprised that you'd see a lot of empty seats. Well, yep. it's not just that. It's it's, it's the you know, when that place is packed, it's a rocking place. It's a tough place to play. And I don't think Miami had to deal with that factor at all. Yeah, but we're looking at it from a gopher perspective. I mean, whenever the gophers yeah, are there, that, it's like true, a but, madhouse. You know, but it's not that way for every team. I mean, for really, most teams. They really could have used that rocking crowd this weekend. Yeah, well, I think we all would like that kind of crowd every game, right? Yeah, but uh, sometimes it doesn't happen. Were you about to say something there, Viggs? Well, it just feels like with all the conference shakeup that happened this year that a lot of the ticketing situations got kind of thrown out of whack. I think the North Star College Cup ticketing was a little off. I think I heard people were calling the Gopher ticket office asking where their first-round playoff tickets were, if they lost them. You know, I think there's just a little bit of confusion everywhere and uh, how best to handle it. And I think you'll see down the road that people will include some of these things in the season ticket packages and, and try to get uh, a little bit better attendance and, and get, get everybody on the same page. Well, we've got quite a few questions via Twitter and actually via the voicemail line. I decided to push the voicemail line uh, earlier this evening. A couple of people called in to uh, leave a message. Uh, you can always leave a voicemail for us at 320 320- Three two one nine five eight four, and let's listen to what Zach has to say about uh, the Big Ten tournament. Hey, this is Zach. Just curious, who you guys think uh, is the bigger threat to the Gophers, Ohio State and Michigan State, and do the uh, Gophers have a chance of uh, perhaps falling to one of those teams uh, in the uh, semis? Thanks. Nate, let's start with you. Do, does that OSU or Michigan State uh, worry you at all this weekend? 
Um, a little. I mean, I think we've kind of learned uh, in the Big Ten that there really isn't an easy game, uh, per se. The Gophers can go ahead, but it's not that anything you, you can just sit back and guarantee. Through either of those two teams, I'd be a little bit more about Michigan State just because they're a little more defensive-oriented. Uh, Jake Hildebrand has been outstanding for them this year, and uh, lately they've started to find a little bit more offense. Like, biggest thing, actually, I just wrote about this earlier, where um, Hildebrand had uh, two or fewer goals on 23 times this season, and I think in the last like three or four games has been uh, they've gotten three or three or more. So. And also, we saw with the only good thing, at least with uh, Michigan State, is that uh, we don't have shootouts in the uh, Big Ten tourney. So, hooray. <laughs> Vigo, what do you think? Is uh, either of those teams uh, a big threat for the Gophers? Could, could, it be an, could it be another Final Five-like disappointment? I feel like Nate stole my uh, podcast notes. Because uh, <laughs> I feel like Hildebrandt is, is the big factor. If, if Minnesota's playing Michigan State... I think we've seen in the past in these these one and you're done tournament games that a goaltender can make a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. And you know Michigan State, you know needs to win this tournament to get in the NCAA's. And you know if they really commit to blocking shots and playing defense and putting back pressure on the Gophers, it could be a problematic game. I think with Ohio State, Minnesota's proven that they can shut down um, one line teams, and I think that's kind of what Ohio State is. So I think if the Gophers draw them, you know, I would I would be very surprised to see them lose to Ohio State. Okay, okay. Well, we've got another question. This is we'll give this one to Hammy. Uh, our old friend Jeff Disher from the Examiner had a question for us, and let's. Uh, he was a little concerned about the the season-ending loss the Gophers had. So let's hear what Dish has to say. Jeff Disher or at Dish in the Vox on Twitter. My question was about the final regular season series that the Gophers played in Ann Arbor. How important or unimportant was the season-ending loss? Thanks. I hope you could hear that, Hammy. Could you hear it? Yeah, I heard it fine. Um, well, it's kind of like I talked about earlier. I think, you know, I'm a big believer in momentum. However, We've seen plenty of examples where a team, you know, last year being a prime example with Yale, they lost, I think, their final two games before the NCAAs. So they got actually shut out both games, I think, as well. And obviously they go on and win four straight and win the national title. So, you know, you have to look at it multiple ways. It could mean something. It could mean nothing. I mean, it's really hard to say one way or the other. I like momentum and I like trying to keep it going because it can be a fickle thing, but um, you never know. This coming weekend's going to be a big one. Obviously, the Gophers should have pretty good crowds for their games, and so you would expect that the team would be kind of jacked up for that. And, you know, Wilcox is, you know, pretty much the guy, like we talked about earlier, he's the one guy that's the difference maker, and he wasn't in there on Friday, or excuse me, on Saturday. So, all in all, I, I don't want to read too much into it. It's one game. I don't like what happened necessarily, but uh, I think that they can recover from that and not have it be a too big of an issue. I should have had that question a little earlier, but I had forgotten he was. His question was about the previous series, so I figured I'd play it anyway. Um, here we go. Our buddy Rob Shield wants to know who are you guys have as a favorite for the Big Ten tournament, and who's a dark horse? Uh, what do you think, Viggs? 
Well, I think Minnesota obviously is the favorite, yeah. uh, number one team in the country, best goaltender in the country, uh, best defenseman in the country, I think. Uh, really balanced scoring. I think it's going to be really hard for any team to match up against the Gophers because they've been in scoring from all their lines. Um, the dark horse, though, is Michigan State. I think Sparty's got that great goaltender. Um, if if they really can commit to, to limiting chances and they get by Minnesota, I think they could beat anybody in the top part of the bracket. Nate, a favorite and a dark horse. Um, I guess, I, again, I'd go with Minnesota as the uh, favorite. It's hard to uh, not pick them, just basically they won the Big Ten. Um, like Vic said, there's just a lot of depth. It's a good team um, to find different ways to score. Really, I mean, maybe, besides maybe Rao, there really hasn't been a guy all year that you can consistently say it's this guy's going to be contributing look at it all day. Um, every every time it seems like you have a different line. I mean, look, look at just this past weekend. Uh, Brady Shea had the majority of the goals, and I, I like Brady Shea, don't get me wrong. I think he's done a great job improving this year as a defenseman, but as a defensive defenseman, he's not the guy that you look to uh, get offensive goals. So right there, you have that. Um, Dark Horse, I'd, I'd probably go Michigan, partially off of just what we've seen the last few weeks. Um they won seven one over Michigan State. They beat us six two, even as it is with uh, after the hangover. But uh, they have they're a team that has multiple lines. Um, when they've gotten good goaltending, they've played really well. Uh, their defense is a little young. I'm kind of interested to see how that goes. But at the same time, I think they have a team that they can put two three good games together and uh, come away with that title. Well, Hammy, I'm sure you're going to pick the Gophers as a favorite, too. So who is your dark horse? Well, you know, what I was going to say is that, you know, normally I would probably say it's a little bit of a toss-up between the Gophers and Wisconsin. The only reason I would favor the Gophers is because, if we're honest, Wisconsin has not been very good away from Kohl Center this year. And it's going to be more of a pro-Gopher crowd. And so that would, to me, kind of kind of tip the scales for me to put them in the favorite role. Um, I do think that, you know, Wisconsin is going to, if we play them, I, I'm sure it's going to be a nip and tuck kind of a game and the Gophers are going to have to be patient. And um, so I would have them, you know, the Gophers is the favorite. As far as the dark horse, I would probably go with Michigan. Um, I, I think that they have the kind of talent and they have, you know, so they have the puncher's chance to win games because they have talent. Um you know, they've been really kind of schizophrenic. I mean, when you're losing to Penn State on sometimes, and but then we've seen them have some other pretty good results against other teams that are better than a Penn State. So, I mean, I would say out of all the teams, they would be the one that I would consider the dark horse. All right. Um, we got a question from Mark Erickson on Twitter. He wants to know, does Brodzinski get any games in the national tourney? And I guess more of that I would think is is lucia gonna settle on 6d for the tournament what do you think nate i i don't think so i'd kind of be shocked it seems like uh if he has seven healthy guys he's just gonna rotate them and play with the hot hand um if we're being honest brodzinski probably hasn't uh helped himself any favors in the couple of games he's been in but <laughs> at the same time <laughs> the same time though the bischoff brodzinski um rotation since he's come back from injury has play, paid off pretty well. And uh, I guess same with parental, you can throw him in there too. What do you think, Biggs? 
Well, I think it's been a good developmental year for Brodzinski, but yeah. I think he is a little bit of a risk taker. Um, I think you know he's had a couple mistakes the last couple weeks, and we saw this with Brady Shea last year, where after you make a couple mistakes, your decision-making process slows down a little bit, and you start losing what makes you a good player. So I think he he might be watching these uh, next couple games, and you know that's not a knock on his skill. I think he'll learn from it and be a better player for it next year. But uh, Bischoff has been you know the more reliable, steady, um, conservative defenseman, and I think he and Parenta will probably be in the lineup. What do you think, uh, Hammy? Is uh, Brodzinski going to get some time, or is Lucia going to stick with just the six guys? Uh, well, it might be somewhat dictated by matchups, you know, that could play a role in it. I, I personally feel a little more comfortable right now with uh, Bischoff in the lineup. I think he's been a little bit more dependable and solid. Um, and, you know, maybe part of that is the fact that he was, you know, he didn't have that timeout like uh, Brodzinski did for the injury. So um, it could be, you know, a matchup thing. But I, personally, I, I kind of like Bischoff. You know, I favor him a little bit more right now. But I, I think that they'll both probably still play a bit. I don't know if anybody noticed, but uh, right after Brodzinski uh, was cleared to play, he was actually a scratch that night. And uh, uh, I noticed his dad was tweeting towards me and a few other people saying that he was not very happy about it. So uh, it'd be kind of interesting to see how he is doing by uh, you know, only playing half of the games. Uh, well, I think uh, his his pops isn't known or his cooler head, from what I understand. So, you <laughs> I, know, and it's hard. It's hard when it's your kid. You know what I mean? It's, I totally get so, that. And so he could I'm be sure definitely part of it. He could be definitely yeah. exaggerating, say, "Oh, his kid's all pissed off." When you know, he's probably more, a little more, just upset than anything else. But yeah, go, going back to uh, what Vigo said about Shea, I mean, it's the same thing where if, if you're hitting the wall at the end of the year, I think I think coming in being a uh, freshman defenseman in the uh, well, now the Big Ten. And then WCHA is the toughest thing to do. And uh, if you talk to Shea or anything, he'll say that at the end of the year, that having that time off and to uh, look and then develop over the summer and coming this year helped him immensely. All right, a couple more things from Twitter. Drew wants to know what time does a smoke alarm go off this week? Yeah, smartass. Um, Darren wants to – we've already done our predictions kind of for the Big Ten, but he'd like to know uh, also – who do you guys think wins the NCHC? And I would put on top of that, who wins the WCHA? I mean, they're they're all kind of local leagues. Uh, Nate, uh, who's you think North Dakota's going to come out of there, or is their season going to be ended? Um, I I feel like we get a North Dakota Denver final, like just the way that we're kind of used to. And there, um. I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if North Dakota won. I wouldn't be shocked if I really wouldn't be shocked if uh, any of the four teams won in that league. That's just just a really strange weekend last week, and the eight teams have kind of beat each other up. And even the teams at the bottom, where you saw Miami came back to win that series, and uh, Colorado College is a team that struggled for a long time and came back uh, towards the end of the year. They swept Denver. They took North Dakota to three. They kind of found their legs. So. That's a tough lead to go with. Uh, I'd probably I'd probably lean with Denver or uh, North Dakota there. Uh, WCHA. I, I I gotta go Ferris just if with it being in Grand Rapids. I think they'll have the fan base. That'll help them. You know the WCHA and even the both leagues. Uh, 
they could cause quite a few issues with the tournament field. I mean, you know, you've got Mankato and North Dakota right on the edge of the field right now. Um, and if some of the other lesser teams sneak in and take out a Ferris or Mankato or North Dakota, it's really going to cause some issues with the, the tournament field. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend. Vigo, what are your thoughts on both leagues? Well, it kind of sounds like uh, North Dakota and Ferris State are going to be having home game type crowds True. at each of these tournaments. And I I think that helps a lot in college hockey. I think if you get a crowd behind you, you know, it's a lot easier to play. If you're playing in an empty arena, um, it can be kind of hard to get up. And, and maybe that's why we saw so many upsets is, you know, attendance was down and, you know, the, the top teams weren't, weren't into it and weren't ready to play and, and got upset. So I think the crowds will be in it. And I think North Dakota has got a lot of talent and their goaltending has been better this year. Um, I haven't watched as much about WCHA this season. They've, they've kind of been tuned out as, you know, I've been focusing on big 10, but I, I think fair States had a good season and that home hometown crowd will help. What do you think, Hammy? Oh, come on. You know that I'm not going to pick North. Dakota. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, Miami, I would not be shocked if the, if Miami beats them in that first game. I mean, the fact that they've been playing much better. Miami has beaten North Dakota this year. They did get trashed, you know, in North Dakota that last game that they played there. I think it was like 9-2 to two or I don't know what the score was. But uh, so, you know, but I think they were missing at least one of their best players for that series. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I Miami's got their backs against the wall. They had it this last weekend, and so it, it wouldn't shock me. Uh, I kind of, for some reason, I just have this feeling that Denver might surprise in that um, for the NCHC. So I, I'll go there um, and that for that league, and then I'm going with Ferris. I think that it'll probably be them and Mankato on that final game, and I, I'm picking Ferris. Kidoki. Uh, oh, we have another question. From the the voicemail line, it's it's a it's a Jim's got a question about the defense. I wasn't really sure what he was asking here, but uh, maybe you guys can figure it out. Hi, my name's Jim. I'm uh, the question is, uh, you know, how is Don running his D this year? The D seemed to be uh, a little below average. Um, it seems to be trading off with the two freshmen, who I think are in their top three or four D. So I don't know. Maybe you guys can shed some light on that. Thank you. Now, I'm not really quite sure what Jim's asking here. He's disappointed in the D this year. Um, aren't we leading the country in, uh, in, in kind of defense? We're, we're up there. Yeah, I think the last I looked, we were number one in a country in goals against. Uh, you know, of course, you got to give Wilcox a big piece of the well, yeah, credit for that. But, but you got a shitty defense in front of you. It's going to show, no matter who's in goal. Right. No, I mean, I don't really know. You know, I... I can't say that I've been terribly disappointed. I mean, it really depends on what this individual, you know, what his expectations are. Uh, Maybe there's something in his expectations, like they should be more physical or they should be more this or that. I, you know, it's hard to know based on that question. Personally, I I think that they've done pretty well. Um, I'm sure that when it comes down to the key moments that, that they might shorten things up a little bit and make sure they get guys like Riley out there a lot more often um, and kind of ride that, but, uh, you know, especially with TV timeouts and whatever. So, I mean, we'll see. I, I, I think that they've done pretty well this year. And, 
Um, I can't complain with the results in the end. Uh, Wilcox deserves a lot of credit, but you know I think the defense has done a lot too. It's not just the defensemen either. It's the forwards back checking. I think that they've been pretty solid all year. And a lot of that's going to Gensel. You know what I mean? I said this on Twitter. Before he got back, we were somewhere, I don't remember where we were, ranked in the country in defense, but it was pretty middle of the pack. Yeah. And yep. ever since then, it's been, I think it was 12th, and then it was, I don't know, in the top five or so last year. And then this year right now, I think the last I looked at was number one. So you have to give him a lot of credit. Yeah, that was probably my favorite tweet you've put up all year. I was like, that's... Great insight into this program. I mean, Genzel has made such a huge change in, in the guy's commitment to investing in the game and, you know, blocking shots and back-checking. And I think he's really brought that discipline to their game. Well, you know, one thing that he also brings is that he's a Minnesota guy. He, I mean, he bleeds yeah, maroon and gold. You're, you're not getting this John Hill, uh, don't even get me started, or, or whatever <laughs> crap that we had back there. Go ahead, Nate. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. Uh, yeah, we're, we're presently third in the country uh, with giving up two goals a game. Um, I, I agree with both Hammy and Vigo there. Yeah, I'm very much happy with their D. Um, had to replace a few big guys in terms of size. Um, Mike Riley has developed really well. I was going back and forth with Vigo on the Twitter earlier, which I'm sure is very interesting for everyone listening. <laughs> um, but in terms of just him developing, and I'd say right now, I think he's a little further ahead uh, as a sophomore than uh, Schmidt was. And again, I think Brady Shea just, he's a great skater. He takes up a lot of space. Um, he's very def- hes a very great, def- good defensive defenseman, um, especially in terms of taking that next step. And that's been the biggest thing with uh, Gensler coming back is just having these guys continue to develop and continue to grow from freshman to sophomore year, sophomore to junior year. And heck, even having uh, Justin Hall back on defense after spending all of last year playing forward helps. Um, one more question via Twitter. Our friend from the Big Ten Network, Rick Pizzo, he wants to know uh, where would you guys put Wilcox uh, on a Hobie vote? I mean, it looks like Gaudreau is going to win it, but would you uh, put uh, Wilcox in the top three, Hammy? Uh, well, I mean, I can't say that I've exactly researched every single solitary candidate that has been out there, but um, in terms of what he's meant to our team, I mean, it's hard to argue with a guy that, you know, has been as great as he's been this year, and he's been the backbone. I mean, let's face it, whatever we do from this point forward, a great deal of that is going to rely on how does Wilcox play you know if he's been playing if he plays like he's been playing you know the Gophers have a great chance to do to reach the goals that they want to reach um, because he's basically gonna more often than not hold teams down to two goals or less and um, if that happens with the Gophers depth on offense they're gonna have a really good chance so I would probably put him in that you know top few you know players in the country I, I can't imagine a goalie that's done more for his team than he's done what are your thoughts, Nate? I don't know if I'd have him in the three. I'd have him in the ten. Um, I, I think, yeah, Gaudreau, Gaudreau runs away with it just with his numbers. Um, he just tied Paul Correa's Hockey East record um, before uh, Notre Dame snapped it on Sunday. He's only not scored in two games. One of them was the uh, the Sunday game versus us. One of them was the last one, so apparently it's not it's Sundays or something. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
Greg Carey is pretty is pretty far up there from St. Lawrence, uh, senior. Um, Josh Archibald from UNO, I'd have up there. I, I definitely think the one that I might have him win, or if not, very close would be the because uh, we got the Mike Richter Award now uh, for goalies. I might have him in there more than the uh, the Hobie, just because I think it's very hard to. Uh, I think it's very hard with this team just to have one guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I don't think he's. I mean. I certainly don't. I mean, obviously, we all know who's going to win the Hobie. I mean, so yeah. I don't think that we're really saying True. necessarily. For me, it's just, uh, you know, I, and it's hard to compare different positions and how much do they mean to their team. I mean, for me, a lot of it has to do with not just production but winning. And, I mean, let's face it, the Gophers have been number one for the most part for the bulk of the year. Um, they've got a very young team. You know, and they've had to rely on on Wilcox, you know, at times to kind of bail them out at, on occasion and uh, kind of hold down the fort while we kind of get our bearings. So I just think that given all those factors, um, he certainly deserves that kind of attention, but he's obviously not going to win it. What do you think, Viggs? Is it uh, maybe still a bit too early, maybe uh, more of a next year type of thing with uh, Wilcox? Yeah, it could be. And I think if you look at statistically, the, the two goalies that come to mind who've won Hobies that I'd think of are Rob Stauber and Ryan Miller. And I think they both had, you know, significantly more shutouts. You know, it's hard for a goalie to really stand out statistically. I know uh, Wilcox has had a great year goals against and, and save percentage, but I think those, you know, shutout numbers do kind of stand out. And, you know, it's going to really be tough to overcome Johnny Hockey. There's so many voters on the East Coast uh, who, who probably don't see Wilcox bail out the Gophers when they make their mistakes at the offensive blue line. But, <laughs> You know, we do, and, and Wilcox is a big reason this team's number one in the country, and, you know, hopefully he sticks around for a while and has a chance to, to be a Hobie candidate. I would agree with that. I think it's, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we love him here, but uh, uh, Johnny Gaudreau is just, uh, he's a machine this year. Uh, I mean, like I said, like Nate said, only a couple teams have stopped him, and and a couple of the top teams. So uh, he, he's, he's one of the few players I've seen that uh, – he can take over a line by himself. At the same time, we also we're getting that a lot from Wilcox too. Yeah, I'm just looking at stats where it's uh, third in uh, save percentage right now, third in uh, goals against. So, I mean, that as a whole is pretty good. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely. I, I think one of the things about Johnny Hockey is that teams really need to focus on on getting back and putting back pressure on him and not letting him float in around the net. And I think Minnesota did an excellent job. You, you saw everybody in the lineup putting back pressure on him and, and getting him frustrated. And he started fanning on shots at the end of that game. So I think if Minnesota were to get matched up with BC, he, he wouldn't scare me, even though I think he's going to win the Hobie. Well, and we have the last change we would if we faced them. So that's certainly going to help matters as well. So I'd love to see that game again. Oh, it'd be great. <laughs> oh, I really enjoyed the, uh, the Friday one and I really actually I enjoyed the Sunday one too for two separate reasons. But yeah, I would love to see uh, Minnesota BC play. I think they're usually the two best teams in the country. That's not to say that other teams can't uh, win the national title because honestly, I think as we've seen, as we've seen, <laughs> Yale won a title last year. <laughs> it's it's goaltending, you know. That's, yeah, that's the name of the game. Yeah. yeah to, to me, it's going to come down to how does Wilcox play, and also 
how well are we on our power play? Because, you know, you know that teams, especially when you get against some of these better teams that play a little more defensively, they're going to want to get back. They're going to play that kind of style where they get that extra forward back and make sure that they kind of cut down on the gopher transition game as much as they can. And so it's going to come down to taking you know advantage of those power play opportunities. And I think we've seen the gophers have improved, especially compared to how they were early in the year. They've improved in the power play, and hopefully that'll be a trend that they can rely on you know as the games get more important. Yeah, I know we were kind of uh, a little bit upset about them earlier after that Michigan game, but yeah, I feel a lot better about uh, this Gopher team than compared to the last couple going into the NCAA tournament, just in terms of that uh, that depth. And I know it's I know it kind of still you want to have that momentum. I think it's just sometimes we're a little paranoid about that, just seeing way too many Gopher teams just look great in the regular season and uh, not live up to their uh, expectations or potential. Well, let's, well, let's like, hope they get that momentum this weekend yeah. because, you know, I, I would love to see uh, Michigan in the championship game and Canada show them uh, how good we really are and take them out. Um, but this is their chance. You know, the last couple of years of the WCHA Final Five, they pretty much stunk up the house. So this is their chance to build momentum for the tournament. The tournament's coming right back the next weekend. And obviously the atmosphere is not going to be quite as nice, but uh, now's the time. It's it's go time. So let me ask now, I know we kind of discussed this, and I know, Nate, you were talking a little bit about this on Twitter. Are we pretty much – I know some of it's going to depend on if there's a real huge upset winner in one of the other leagues, but are we pretty much locked into playing the winner of the Atlantic League then in that first-round game? Do you, I mean, do you think that's how it's going to shake out? Yeah, we are we are completely locked in to playing the Atlantic winner. The the only three teams that can finish worse than uh, the best Atlantic team are uh, Miami and uh, Penn State and Michigan State from the Big Ten. And Miami's hosting uh, the Cincinnati Regional, so okay. they pull it off while the NCAA is uh, thanking their lucky stars for that regional. <laughs> there could be <laughs> nobody at that regional. Oh, man. <laughs> Worst part about that is they're going back to Miami in two years. Ay, 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 ay. Yeah. Well, boys, I think uh, we've pretty much covered everything for this week. You guys got any other topics or anything else you want to talk about? Mm, nope. Just kind of waiting to see how things shake out. And uh, I'm sure we'll be having some complaints about who's in what region. And that's the region of death. And, yeah. you know, I don't know that'll be our region necessarily, <laughs> but, uh, you know. I'm sure we'll see plenty of fans complaining about different things. Well, unfortunately, we're not going to be having a podcast next week because, well, I won't be here and uh, I'll be on a beach somewhere not caring. So, unfortunately, we won't be able to have another show until after the regional happens in uh, St. Paul. So, let's just hope the team is still uh, alive and well and heading to the Frozen Four by then. Sounds good to me. Yes, definitely. Nate, I want to thank you for joining us. Nate Wells from uh, SB Nation College Hockey. You can always follow him at Gopher State on Twitter. Thank you, Nate. Thank you guys for having me. And, of course, you can always follow Hammy at Hammy Hockey, Vigo at EVigo, and, of course, us at Gopher Puck Live. Uh, Like I said, we we won't be back next week. I'm on vacation. Uh, I I don't really care. What are you going to do? I'm going to be on a beach. There's nothing I can do about it. The wife planned the vacation for us. Uh, not good planning, I know. 
But hopefully we'll be back the following week, and uh, we'll be talking about a trip to the Frozen Four, we hope. Until then, thanks for listening.